Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It is hour number two of Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Later this hour, Judd is going to fix soccer, and then we will wrap with Royce. Pat Royce joins the show, as he does every day, at 540. But our very own Phil Mackey, he's the Mackey and Mackey and Judd with Rami, says he's been doing some insiding and has some info on the Minnesota Timberwolves search for a new president of basketball operations. Reckless speculation. It's not. It's not, it's not reckless. Judd's snickering at my uh, at my reporting here. Well, I'd like to know what we're in for here. Like, so it's not reckless, <laughs> but you are going to extrapolate your premise, I would guess, and yes. then make it reckless. So I'm just going to go through uh, a few things that I've learned, just trying to come up with some information here, because we're down to four. It sounds like four finalists that we know of, and I threw the four finalists at somebody who uh, would very much know and their thought was any of these four would take the job if offered. So Trajan Langdon, Chauncey Billups, Calvin Booth, and I believe it's pronounced, is it Gerson Rosas? Mm-hmm. One of those names Rockets, I've seen. Right? Yeah, he's been with the Rockets for most of the last two decades, actually. Okay. He was part of the Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady Rockets, and then he's been a centerpiece of their front office uh, next to uh, Daryl Morey in building the revolutionary three-point Rockets. So thing number one to point out, we all wondered why Ethan Casson was the one. So he's the CEO of the Timberwolves. He just took that job within the last couple of years. I believe he's been there for two years now as the CEO. And you and I had Ethan on inside Skyway a couple of years ago and I chatted with him for a while and seems like a really sharp guy and uh, just a guy that he came from the San Francisco 49ers. But when we read the story that Ethan Casson was the one, along with Scott Layden, and no Glenn Taylor that went into Tom Thibodeau's office and pulled the trigger on that firing. Was that you, were you here at the time of that, Rami? Or was that I don't right think before so. you that got was right here. before I came? Yeah, because we talked on this show and it was like that's really interesting. It was like January seventh or so. Because we thought yeah. the pecking order of the organization was Glenn Taylor, and then Tom Thibodeau, and maybe Ethan Casson on the non ops side, right? Right. But He's as it turns out, Ethan. President. Yes. Yep. Ethan was the one that walked in. Yep. Um, and, and, and I've heard from multiple people in the know that Ethan not only is spearheading the charge, but like Ethan is fully in charge of this president to basketball operations search. This is an Ethan Casson search from top to bottom. And he's the one identifying these candidates, bringing them in, 
He's the one scheduling things, and he's fully uh, just fully integrated and immersed himself into this search. So it seems like there's a shift, either a shift in power in the Wolves organization or a temporary shift to the point where Glenn trusts Ethan and not a search firm or somebody else to run this whole thing. As long as it's not Glenn Taylor making the decision, that's I think that's an encouraging sign, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and just because I'm wondering, because you know, it, we all sort of look at Glenn and say, don't really trust that guy to run any kind of a search. Like, don't really trust that guy to find a cashier at a Wendy's at this point, <laughs> unless it's Flip Saunders or Brian Saunders. Um, so I asked, what is the general feeling on the way Ethan has been running the search? And again, two different people told me. In fact, I'm going to read one of them verbatim just so I don't get this wrong. Um, Ethan is nailing it absolutely out of the ballpark is what somebody told me who I trust who's in the know. And I asked because the the only one of these three that I've just never really heard of until this search is Gerson Rosas. Mm -hmm. We have opinions on Chauncey Billups because we saw him on the court. We see him on TV. So the the two that I asked about specifically were Chauncey Billups, because that's the name that I've had in my head, just like anybody else would, and Gerson Rosas. And the information I've gotten back is that people might be overvaluing Chauncey because he's a household name. And I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. If you ask me, gun to the head, which of these four would you hire? Well, I don't know. Chauncey, because he seems really smart on TV, right? Yeah. But the, yeah, wor- the worry would be not that he'd be a bad hire necessarily, but that he would be a little bit more like Magic Johnson than a top GM. Okay. That his name and stat- stature would would be the things that we gravitate toward. But the fact that he has no practical management experience... Or overseeing the development of players on a regular basis, like Trajan Langdon has with the Nets, that that could be a major uh, downfall. See, I, I'm not that worried about that with Chauncey because, like Dan Lebetard said, when Magic Johnson got that job and people killed Dan Lebetard for him, some even said he was only saying it because Magic Johnson was a black man, but Dan Lebetard turned out to be 100% right. Magic Johnson. His whole post-playing career, short of his business ventures, movie theaters, Starbucks, all that, he's been a very good businessman. But when you talk about getting his own TV show, being an analyst on ESPN, being the coach of the Lakers, then being president of the Lakers, he literally fell backwards into all those jobs for being charming and famous. Chauncey Billups isn't getting anything for being Chauncey Billups. He has some name value, but nobody's hiring him just because... He's Chauncey Billups, and he comes with fame and charm. He doesn't have enough of that to 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 ease his way into situations the way a Magic Johnson does. I think Chauncey's going to have to earn it. Chauncey's going to have to go through the interview and impress somebody in, in getting this job, if he's going to get this job. I like the idea, though, of going and getting a guy who's worked for a, a very successful franchise for an extended period of time and stealing ideas from there. That's good. Yeah, at yes. the very least, you now, need to steal Rockets' ideas, right? Now, the concern, though, about about the intelligence that you're get, getting back, Phil, is is this this sounds productive? Because if Glenn sort of shifted off to the side, that's good. And and Casson, who I think business-wise is very smart, I have, I have no clue about basketball-wise, but let's say he turns out to be smart, that's good. The concern is it sounds like when, when the new president of basketball ops is introduced, that it's going to be with Ryan as the coach. And that's the one thing where I keep going back to no matter what we think of, of Ryan, and Ryan seems to be a great kid, I really would like that president of basketball ops then to have the ability to say, here's my direction. Yes. So, so that's the one place where I feel like Glenn is still 
bigfooting a process and it's not being allowed to play out as naturally as I would like. I would agree with that. Although Doogie was reporting on his Scoop podcast, which you can find on scorenorth.com, as unorthodox as it is, uh, Scott Layden and Ryan Saunders are in some of these meetings and interviews, not to help hire, but so that the president of basketball operations candidate can get to know those two guys. Yeah, but could you just like do that. that after he's hired? Well, I just think that this this person should be given a fresh slate if he wants it. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. If if this guy's like, I love these guys. That's different. Yeah. But it should be. Glenn, unfortunately, because this is not going to be how it plays out, unfortunately to me, Glenn should not be saying, you know, Ryan's my guy. Glenn should Glenn should be saying, Ethan identified a very smart basketball guy here, and that person can now go about the process mm-hmm. of, of hiring his GM, if he wants a GM, his coach, and go down that yeah, list. Yeah, I would hire the president and then put him in a room with either both of those guys or each of those guys on separate occasions, and then see... If he if he jives with them, if they if they can make it work, if those are guys he wants as part of his organization, but I'm with Judd. I hate it when you bring in a guy to run the show, and the first thing you do is impose things on him to start his tenure of running the show. It just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to hire a president of basketball operations, let them pick their GM, let them pick their coach, have Saunders and and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the GM now, Scott, uh, Layden. Scott Layden, have them. Be candidates. Just say, hey, look, I want these guys on the list. When you're picking your guys, just give my guys a consideration. And that's that's all it should be is a nod and a suggestion that yeah. you give them consideration when you're picking your own GM and your own coach. The interesting thing about Rosas in particular, who's again, he's, he's the one that's been with the Rockets for like 17 or 18 years. And he did go to the Mavericks for a few months and then came back at a promotion with the Rockets. If they hire Rosas, they're shooting threes. Like that guy's not coming over yeah. under Daryl Morey, yes, and and running some Can sort of antiquated if offense. The twins they're and shooting threes. If the Twins and Wolves are both up to date in their <laughs> sports next season, yeah. So I want to just just a couple more nuggets here about Rosas in particular because he's the one that I just didn't know anything about going into this process. I've seen his name a couple times, but really knew nothing about him. And uh, somebody who knows him said. He lives by the mantra of winning isn't the answer to solve everything. Winning is the result of doing things the right way. Um, he has a strength guy who is touted as, as and, and, and I don't know if this strength guy would come to the Timberwolves if he got hired or not, but a strength guy that is highly touted for transforming James Harden from being a really, really good all-star player to being an all-time Hall of Fame caliber player through workouts and conditioning and offseason season. One of those guys who can drive a superstar to get to another level, which is what Carl Anthony Towns might need. Mm-hmm. And um, the person I was uh, last exchanging messages with, because one of the questions that shouldn't really matter that much, but it does to some extent, Chauncey Billups could get Kevin Garnett at least back in the good graces and vice versa of the organization. And that's definitely an elephant in the room that Kevin Garnett, I mean, he did come to a couple games last year. So it looks like the fact that Ryan Saunders was the coach that there's right, but he doesn't talk to Glenn. There's still a right. disconnect. And, uh, and there are people who know a lot about this search that feel like Rosas could also bridge that gap with Kevin Garnett. Does he's he, that, he he's has that type a relationship of per- with him or I don't know if it's that specifically, but he's that type of personality and that type of leader, I guess. Now, Calvin Booth. I don't know what kind of relationship Calvin Booth has with Kevin just, Garnett. But. I would just love to see this whole thing revolve around Glenn backing off as much as possible. 
Hire, yeah, hire someone that just, you trust and that's right. smart. Although he kind of did that with Tom Thibodeau, and then Tom Thibodeau just ran it into the ground. He backed off on Tom Thibodeau and then had to step in and fire him. Well, he did. In but fairness. He did, but let's just let's try this again, and let's get a person here who can run the entire show, hire a GM, hire a coach, do PR with KG. Because the KG thing is just more symptomatic of how embarrassing this franchise has been and become on an annual basis. He's the greatest player in franchise history, without a doubt. And and wins and losses are not going to be decided on on if twenty one if his uh, jersey is in the rafters or not. But it's just uh, it's an obvious symptom of, of the fact that until you can do these things, take these steps, your franchise is just dysfunctional. I was, I was watching the jump a couple days, de- maybe it was yesterday. And uh, Jackie McMullen and Scotty Pippen were the two guests with Rachel Nichols on the show. And it was it was the day Chauncey Billups was interviewing for the president's job. And Rachel Nichols asked both of them if he should if he would be a good fit for the job. And Jackie McMullen, in much stronger words than Scotty Pippen, said she hopes Chauncey doesn't get the job because the ownership situation and she didn't say Glenn Taylor by name, but she basically just said the ownership situation is such a mess that you're setting yourself up for failure. You're going somewhere where you can't get the job done and get it done correctly because it's in such disarray here in Minnesota. Do you think that's how this job is being looked at around the NBA? It For, for a long time, yes. For, for sure, in the non-Flip Saunders periods, of Timberwolves history. And even in some cases when Kevin McHale was running the front office and he was the one that was making all the bad draft picks and overseeing along with Glenn, the Joe Smith under the table contract. Um, But from what I've heard, all four of these guys would take the job. So I don't think that perception is preventing this crop of candidates from saying yes. But I guess if you go back to the Tom Thibodeau, just two years and, and go out with a, flame burst was Glenn. So this is a tough question. Glenn Taylor was at fault for hiring Tom Thibodeau and Tom Thibodeau ran the organization back into the ground behind the scenes. Right. But was Glenn Taylor, if Glenn Taylor would have hired the right president of basketball operations, who has a good mind for culture and chemistry and communication and connecting with young people and the modern game of basketball. I don't know if you have the same viewpoint on terrible ownership. Do you? I mean, it's, well, he's not a good owner, but if he hires the right person to run the organization and backs off, does that make him a better owner? You take the job be probably because of Cat, because you you got a, gen- that's, that's, a generational superstar. That's what Scotty said. But, Scotty said the only reason yeah. Chauncey or anybody else should take this job is because you walk in with a centerpiece like Cat, and not many guys start the job with that type of leg up. But to Jackie's point... I agree in, in this sense. If you sit down and honestly ask yourself the question, do you think that as long as Glenn owns this franchise, it's going to not be a dumpster fire at some point? It's really hard to say yes. Yeah. It really is. Like, there's never been a sustained period, and, and if there was, it's a long time ago now. Can you honestly say to yourself that you think the next person is going to thrive here? And if it's, I, if it, I can't. If it's the right person... Glenn Taylor won't prevent them from thriving. I think he's just had an impossible time hiring the right person when it's not Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders was thriving, and then he passed away. Yeah. Right? That's my thought. Mr. Fix-It's going to come back to the show here. When we come back, it's a Mr. Fix-It-led segment. I'm Mackie and Judd with Rami. Is what you listen to 
doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it, wherever you are, even when you're mobile, on the move, remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime. Anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Rami, have you met Mr. Fixit? Not officially, no. Judd's alter ego? I have not officially met Mr. Fixit. Okay. Although well. you did have, we did a segment when I think Phil yeah, was Judd, gone. Judd was, uh, he was going to take over traffic and fix traffic in the Twin Cities. And I said, not knowing Mr. Fixit was already a segment, <laughs> I said, I have a great idea for a segment. How about, how about we put Judd in charge of something? And he fixes it every week. <laughs> yep. And apparently it was already a thing. Mr. Fixit yes. has uh, some thoughts off of a game he went to last weekend. <clears throat> Not just any game. A match. No! Well, <laughs> what happened? There, there we go. go. Jonathan wrote that. That's there we go. That was my bad. I love I just, that music. I just really wanted to turn it down as he was screaming gold. Get that awkwardness. No! It sounds better with it playing, Jonathan. So anyway, so on Sunday I went to uh, Minnesota United in its uh, in its victory over DC United. Mm-hmm. Won't even bring that up that they were both named the is same thing. Is it its victory or their victory, or can it be either of Doesn't those? Doesn't matter. Minnesota United is is I believe by proper English uh, singular. It's a collection. It's yeah okay. Uh, but the Associated Press style book long ago said that that is stupid because it's a team. So they said yeah. it's a they. Okay. Anyway, so I'm not even going to bring up the fact that these two teams are named the same thing, which does bother me, but okay, that's fine. Don't look at the Premier League then. Uh, exactly. But I have a a fix, and, and this is not a rip, because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm enamored. Okay. The soccer experience at enamored. that stadium, I'm enamored. It's a great experience. I'm not kidding. I'm not ripping it one bit. It's fun. It's a great stadium. It's a great place to watch a match. And actually, you're so close that you can see what teams are doing. My biggest gripe at TCF Bank Stadium was I could never tell because you're so far away, it's difficult for a non-soccer fan, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's it's like if you go to a baseball game and sit way up in the second deck, it's like, okay, this is okay. But but it's perfect for go for football because you'd rather not see what they're doing sometimes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Row the boat, baby. Row the boat. But being close up, and watching that game on Sunday, something occurred to me, and it's something that used to bug me about hockey, and hockey has taken steps to fix this, and I don't understand if soccer is trying to fix this, if they care, but if they don't, I think that they should, because it would add offense. On-the-ball interference, to me, seems to run rampant. And by that, I mean a guy gets gets the ball, he tries to dribble it with his feet, correct? Mm-hmm. And the amount of times that that guy gets spun spun around or jostled by a defender, mm-hmm. which seems to me to be, it's not, if I've got good position, that's fine. But I'm talking about actual sort of spun around. A guy grabs his the guy's arm and spins him yeah. a, a bit. Jonathan, am I right about that? And if so, are they trying to correct that? Because I would think that in this country especially, the more offense, and it wouldn't even have to be goals, but I'm talking about the more ability to set up scoring chances, the more exciting the game becomes. And that style of defense, to me, in any sport, is not exciting. I mean, physically turning your opponent around off the ball is 
against the laws of the game. So it's going to be, it should be called. But am I correct in that I do, in that I saw it more uh, than you would I like to see it? I think so. It's just, that's part of the way it's played. It's always been played that way. I don't know if it's happening more than, than it has before, but I mean, it's against the laws of the game. It should be called if it happens. I'd call a lot. I'd call it all the time. I'm not sure I'm clear on what you guys are describing here. What do you What do you mean by turn the ball turn the turn the offensive player turn the offensive player around so by doing what by by jostling? So he's trying to to dribble the ball with his feet. So sure. he's trying to make a play of some sort. Okay, and, and if that's you, yes, and if if that's you, it looks to me like guys get grabbed quite a bit and jostled. I mean, you can't grab them, so yeah, that it's not allowed. No, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But I'm not sure that they call it quite enough. And what I would like to fix is I would call that constantly. I would call that all the time because I want to create as many scoring chances and as much. It's when the ball moves, the sport's fun. When it doesn't move, it bogs down. Hockey had the same problem. So it's like hand checking in the NBA back in the day. Correct. It's like like if in hockey, if I take my stick and hook you, which now the sport has really tried to crack down on. Yeah. It makes it makes the game. There's no upside to it. Jonathan, as a trained soccer observer and the pre-half and post-game host of Minnesota United on Score North, mm-hmm. is Judd's observation correct? Is there too much grabbing and hand checking? Let's call it uh, in soccer. I'm I'm okay with how much there is. I mean, it's just part of the game. You got to fight through it. Again, it's it's not it's illegal to do it in the game, so you shouldn't be doing it. But Players just gotta kind of get get used to it. It's it happens with the smaller guys like Darwin can. Yes, who I because, who I want to be free right. to move the ball because he's really good. Get away from the guys who are going to do that to you. Yeah, I don't want that though. I wanna I wanna give him the ability to create as much offense as he possibly can because fans fans pay to see him. Fans right. don't pay to to see big burly guy tie him up. Right. So you're asking for defense to be removed from the sport of soccer. I'm asking for it. I'm asking for defense, uh, defensive players not to be allowed to jostle potential star players because I want to see star player. Okay, I'm serious. What are so? What are some things that having seen the the fun atmosphere at Allianz Field and uh, and having top level at least American professional soccer here? What are some things that other sports could learn from soccer? Do you think, Jonathan? Uh, we talked about it yesterday. The chanting. Throughout the game, it's yeah. just a fun atmosphere. It's def- it's kind of I equate it to in American sports, college football, where there's the atmosphere the entire game long. Yeah. You go in there; it's much different from the NFL, where there's really not really an atmosphere in the stadium. I love the sports with the atmosphere. So, college basketball, college football, soccer—they have the this atmosphere in the stadium because the fan sections are so loud, and they have congregated fan sections instead of fans just kind of placed wherever they want to be placed or whatever. They have designated fan sections. It's awesome. I think that that would do it. Uh, I don't know that there's really a whole lot you could change. The stadium size is fantastic, yeah, though. The small perfect. stadium's yeah. great. Because yeah. because you're on, as a fan, you're on top of the play, which is great, and the stadium is full. Playing in a playing in an football stadium for soccer is not fun to watch. No. Playing in a half-empty stadium just isn't isn't worth it. It's not fun to watch. Playing in a stadium, it's yeah, it's twenty thousand seats. It's smaller than what you would get at TCF, but it's twenty thousand full seats. Yes, loud. Yeah. I have one more question, and this mm-hmm. is this is a very simple thing, but as an American sports fan, it drives me crazy. Why is extra time not shown on the scoreboard? Because they announce I don't know, it, it should be. 
It drives me nuts. Well, it's, four it's, minutes it's, extra time. We'll then just put it up there and run that that yeah. off. I don't know they until don't, you hear the whistle. I haven't watched very much soccer in my lifetime. I'll be honest with you, but they don't put that up on the TV if you're watching. A no, game. they do. They do. Yeah. Okay. But it's All not right. a. But it's they do. But it's not like a, it's not a countdown. So they'll say it's just a count up. It's a minimum of the extra extra time. So if there's other things that happen in that extra time that. You know, if the player if a player goes down with an injury, sure. you're going to keep adding to it. So it's counting up, and we don't even know what it's counting up to. But no, they don't. Know, but they, they don't either. You. No, but they don't either because they know it's a range. They know that it's like over four minutes. There'll be the sideline ref that holds up the score or the board on the sideline that says three minutes or four minutes. But here's and that's the thing: the minimum. But so they let's say he holds up four minutes. Mm-hmm. They'll go at least four minutes, and then they'll stop play when it makes sense. Essentially. So if there's a run happening, they're not just yeah. going to blow the whistle they're on not, a run. If yeah, there's a corner kick, they're not just going to, like, oh, sorry, you don't get the corner kick. They'll let right. you get the corner kick and carry out your momentum. I yeah. end the game right there. And then if the ball gets punted down the field, the game is over. Yeah, match they're not going to stop the match in an attacking run of play. So but, if you clear the ball out, then, then game's done. Aren't yeah. you giving them extra, extra time? More, and more, extra time. more That's of the a point chance. of extra time. Yeah, I thought the point it's of extra great. time was to give back time that was lost during regulation. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if, if like James Harden takes you know up what? half the fourth quarter complaining about okay. fouls, and you know oh, what, Kevin Durant gets some extra time. Here's to shoot a, a three. Fantastic. Here's a fix. If some joker goes down, and I hate these guys now, some are hurt. But if some joker goes down, and he's rolling around, and then like he your guy gets in up. hockey last night. Well, yeah, and that was a complete joke. That yeah. was disgusting. I'm glad he got scored on. By that me. was a complete, complete yeah. joke. But. There was a guy in the first match I went to who went down in a heap, rolled around. Yeah. He he stayed in the game. Yeah. Which drives me nuts. But here's what I would do. If I was if I could come up with the rules of soccer, if I deem you to basically have gone down to buy time BS move, you don't get extra time. That's out. Then I take that away. Yeah. I because didn't that. these guys that oh my gosh, you think they're just dead and then they get up and they're like, oh, I'm fine. Going back in the game. No, you're They're not. They're supposed to get yellows for it, but they don't, which is dumb. But how about this? You don't get extra Every, time then. Yeah, I agree. Every once in a while, they'll get a yellow for embellishment. Yeah. It is it doesn't. It's not every time, and it needs to be every time. You're right. About the it is game, funny so. though, and like American sports fan, I'm going to use Rami as an example. Mm-hmm. Like when something is very European, like the mm-hmm. clock going up and not having a definitive end time. It's kind of a range of time. Well, that's not. We can't program our minds. No, to that's not American that. or European. That's just. One makes sense and one doesn't. Like, there's a finite amount of time in a game. You don't just add time to it because a team has a chance to do something. That's not how sports are played. We have innings, we have outs, we have time, we have quarters, we have periods. We And when it's over, it's freaking over. It's not, you don't just add time to it because, hey, they're doing good. They might do something. Sing it, Rami. Yeah, in most They want to give you all 90 minutes. Yeah. They want to give you. And maybe some extra time to score goals. I'm going to my first uh, Minnesota when you United game at the end of the month. It might be early. Yes, too. It might be the first weekend in January. I don't even know. My buddy is uh, coming. Yeah, my buddy Jonathan could probably tell you. My Can I take along? My buddy's sure. My buddy's coming from Chicago, and uh, he's going June second. He's a big soccer Union. fan. That's the one. June second against Philadelphia. Be prepared to be hooked, by the way. And he heard things about Allianz Field, and so he said, "Hey, I'm coming up there. Get tickets." They did it right. Yeah. Dead serious. It's great. It's fantastic. I'll tell you what I think in a month. You'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> Stay tuned. You'll love it. Get it right. I tease things a month out. I'm uh, that guy. Royce pulled a power move today. A power how move. This, I can't. I cannot. How does I don't this happen? This. Me and Royce are very different people, but this is probably 
the most glaring difference ever in the short time that I've known Pat Royce. I don't care about the subject, and I'm amazed by this one. Well, we'll we'll discuss it when we come back here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. But first, I want to talk about my friends at Certers. And you know, folks, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of often talking about my frustrations with things in life, right? Frustrated by teams. I'm frustrated by traffic. I'm frustrated by this and that. But you know one thing that doesn't frustrate me one bit? You know one thing that I am going to praise, I'm happy about, I think is fantastic? Those are the folks, folks at Serta Pro Painters. I'm thrilled by the job they recently did at my house. They made my guest room and bath. They made them look like new. And two words come to mind when uh, talking about the uh, folks at Serta Pro Painters. Professional and thorough. And now it's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that, that I did. Perhaps you need a room or two painted in your house. Or maybe because summer is coming. Yes, I'm dead serious. It's going to get warm. It's going to get nice. I promise at some point the exterior of your house needs a new look. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated. So right here in our community, I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at CertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from Serta Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online at CertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, you know what they say. We do painting so you can do life. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. And uh, we highly recommend that you download... Whether you have an Apple device or a Google device, either way, it's it's in your app store. The Score North mobile app, which is your best way to not only find our live audio stream, you can also find all of our podcasts and all of our written content in one stop. And we reward you for listening. The longer you listen on our app, you get points and you can win prizes. You can find Roycey Unchained and Roycey on Baseball on the app. Now, Pat, you're talking to a room that has a couple big-time Marvel and Avengers fans in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I can uh, see that. Yep. My advice is don't go to Endgame if you don't have any idea what the hell they're doing. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, if you had no familiarity with the characters or anything else and just decided, well, I'm hearing all this stuff about this movie and I got nothing to do this afternoon and it's a rainy day, I'm going to go watch it. Not a good idea. I don't know. People, I don't like it in a movie when people are laughing at jokes that I have no idea that they want. Okay, <laughs> visual jokes, and you know, like the one guy being fat in the in the Avengers, Thor. Yeah. Being fat and out of shape, but everybody thought it was just funnier now, and I have no idea what they're laughing about. So, uh, you know, it was just, I'm not saying, I think if, if uh, it, it seemed to be well done, but I had no idea what the hell was going around, all going on, and I was wasting my time. So yeah, I, I don't think I you can it. just walk into Endgame with no prior knowledge of the the Marvel no, Comics and universe you, and get it. You, you know, I say that don't ever walk a, a golf course that says Hill have has Hill in the title. You know, don't go to a movie called Endgame if. You have no idea what the first, second, third, and fourth games were about. Don't go to Endgame because you'll have no idea what's going on. So you, you, you missed Infinity it's War. Exactly a, it's not exactly a standalone uh, movie here. No, it is but, not. Uh, plus, I thought that you know Scarlett Johansson would at least be wearing some tight leather britches or something. <laughs> just, uh, you know, Again, you missed that, that, Infinity she's War. In nice. Yes. A nice body-forming outfit, but nah, she was walking around like a grandma, for God. You missed the previous 21 <laughs> films there, Patrick. Yeah. Well, she was wearing that outfit sorry. in literally every other movie she was in. Oh, I missed it. 
nah, I didn't see it. This, have you guys seen this one yet? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. I, it's not Saturday. I thought it was perfect, Pat. Nope. Judd has I won't not. be seeing okay. it. Judd's out. No, well, you're like me, Judd. Go back and watch the other seven or however many there are. There's, there's 21. <laughs> 21? <laughs> yes, 21 of them. What? Yeah. <laughs> Not Avengers, not Avengers movies, hey, but twenty-one was, Marvel who movies. The babe, who was the babe who comes and saves him, and uh, when he's going to die right at the beginning and rescues the planet. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's now a woman. Yes, always been, always a woman. was. Really? Yep. You're thinking of Captain America, yeah. Pat? Oh yes, that's right. I, I was thinking of Captain America. Excuse me. Yes. Captain America okay. is still a man. But I was reading, I was trying to read some spoilers to see what I missed uh, uh-huh. today, so, uh, but I can't even understand the spoilers. <laughs> so I'm, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sure that it's fine for uh, that uh, that uh, genre if people are know, know what they're doing. I just didn't know what I was watching, and people were laughing. Even the people older than me were laughing. So they apparently had gone to these movies, too. I, I thought I'd be the only senior citizen there, but there were a bunch of them there. And they, they thought some of this stuff was funny, and I had no idea what the joke was. I was kind of hoping that Howard, how, that Howard the Duck would make an appearance. He wasn't there. Here's my oh, question, though. I think what? somebody answered it for me. Here's my question. I think somebody answered it for me on Twitter. Judd, Judd, whenever there's one of these end-of-the-world movies, right? Yeah. The bad guy kills the entire population of mankind, right? Mm-hmm. That's the we goal. end up with mad we end up with Mad Max and about twenty five other people running around in the desert. <laughs> this guy only killed half the world's population. Yes. That makes no sense to me. Why don't you kill everybody? Overpopulation killed his home world, so he figured if you have the population you won't have overpopulation okay. issues. Then then you brought that up, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I, then here's the deal. So the guy was trying to save Earth, and we killed, and the good guys killed him. Essentially, yes, because they didn't yeah, want to okay. get rid of well, anybody. Okay. All right. Oh, well, anyway. Are we spoiling this for people? I don't know. Judd is so confused right now. I don't think we've had any major no, spoilers. Oh, no. I mean, it, we're, talk- we're spoiling Infinity it. War, which is the movie from oh, last year. I'm yeah. sorry. There's 21 of them. I've lost track. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, who's the guy that, that's not Brad the Pitt that plays Thor, is it? No, no. that's uh, Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Looks like Brad Pitt. So. A little bit. Anyway. All right. It's an attractive Anyhow. man, though. Say, if you want to talk about uh, end game, end of the earth, do you see who's officiating the uh, Yes. You got the Golden State Houston game tonight. How about that as a big F you to uh, Houston for all their whining after uh, after game one? They're sending him Scott Foster, who they all vilify, and James Harden and Chris Paul basically both went to the league and said, never have this guy referee one of our games again, and he's got game two tonight. Unbelievable. Yeah, the NBA, I don't know if the NBA is just uh, lucky with coincidences or if oh, they are no. brilliant with placement. They, but. they have perfected trolling. Well, our friend Wallo has a fantastic column on this about the officiating and how this is what a joke this Warriors... Houston series is because they're the both the two teams that work the officials worse than anybody in the league and there I mean the whole you're having this great series that everybody anticipated and the only question after after game one is that uh, should James Harden get to shoot 
five three point uh you know get called for being fouled on five three pointers like he has all season or not it's uh, yeah I don't think Pat, when did, I don't think it's when did this level of complaining about officiating and also uh, part two to the question when did shooters kicking their legs out to draw fouls because was that Reggie Miller Reggie did a little but he never got away with it like this I I don't know what it is but it's uh it's terrible for the NBA don't you think I mean it's just a constant whining is uh and it get, gets increased greatly during the uh during the playoffs, it seems, but the constant uh, bitching is uh, is just ridiculous. And the NFL is, you know, and you, and you got Durant who's a whiner, you got Paul who's a whiner, you got Harden who's a whiner, and Steph in his own quiet way, and of course Damon Draymond Green who's nuts. And uh, it's uh, what what should be a great series for the NBA has got a fighting chance to turn into a complete fiasco here because the whole. The whole focus is on the officiating instead of on the game. It's ridiculous. Are these guys any more whiners than than in the past, though? Because I grew up a Bulls fan, Pat, and I remember pretty much in between every playoff game, Phil Jackson lobbying for better calls from the officials for what he thought <laughs> oh, yeah. was poor treatment of Michael Jordan and the rest of that team. Yeah, I know that's that's been going. You're right; it's been going on for a long time. But I think that on the court, it it might be worse right now. They they. You know, they, the NBA used to have crusty old officials who would take their abuse to a certain point, and then they wouldn't. But they got all these young guys in here now, and uh, and they seem to treat those guys with less respect than they even treated the old officials. You know, back in the day, you had two man crews, and everybody. I told you guys the story about heck, it's in the late seventies, early eighties, the uh, Philadelphia. Wicker was uh, covering. Wicker was covering the Seventy Sixers, and they were out in Portland, like on December twenty third, and they all had a late night flight to get out of Portland to get back home. And if they missed that flight, they were not going to be able to get out on Christmas Eve day uh, because they were all the flights were booked. And one of them said to Earl Strom, "Hey, Earl, come on, don't let this thing go to overtime." We uh, we we got to get on this flight, and, and Strom said, "Don't worry, fellas, I'm on the same flight." <laughs> and he said that with like three minutes to go, the team that was ahead uh, got like the other team got eight fouls called against them to make sure there wouldn't be any overtime. So, uh, you know, that I don't. They, they used to have the two man crews and the same guys refereed all the time, and they they didn't. I don't think they got abused like these guys get abused. Did you catch that Twins game last night? How about Odo? Odo was alive. Odo could throw the ball in a teacup last night. If he wanted to throw that high fastball just a little bit above the bat, inside, man, he was hitting the, he was, uh, you know, you could have held your hands in a cup size and he would have hit it. His control was impeccable last night. And then, then when he got ahead of him, he could throw the splitter, and uh, that's that's the best he's been for as a twin. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He was. I was a little um, like he got through standard five innings and had a couple guys on base and was down two and zero. And I was thinking, why? Yeah. Like they, why don't they learn their lesson? Why is he still doing? It was this? three and, times still though, and then, just the third time yeah. through, he was out. Yeah, but even during the third time through, I feel like he was struggling. He but was great. He uh, he locked it back in. Yeah. I tell you, it was good. Taylor Rogers, whew, man, he's that breaking ball, that slide ball, is something. He's uh, he is, uh, and he's throwing harder. He's throwing. Where does ninety six come from? 
And uh, Wes Johnson. He's, uh, he's one of yeah. Wes probably gave it to him. He's one of the uh, you know. He, Wes stands in front of him and he says, "Throw it over my head here." <laughs> you know, one of your arms. You like Use to pick on Wes being small, don't you? <laughs> Wes just a little but, guy. Uh, anyway. He's, uh, man, he's turning into one of the best lefties in the league. He's, uh, and he, you're, you know, remember when he first came up, they kind of just used him against lefties. Now he's that, that slider down and in. The right handers don't like that at all. He's, uh, he's the uh, best relief pitcher. There's no doubt about that. He is. And his partner. But he's only. Parker throws. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say he's uh, Taylor has only been dominant since. I mean, if Twins fans checked out in the second half of last year and they woke up and are watching the beginning of this year, they're probably wondering who is this left-handed pitcher that gets everybody out now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Halfway through last year, he was in his last 21 or 22 appearances. He was really good. Yeah. But this Parker, uh, you know, if he could, he's another guy that if he can get into the split finger count, then he's in. You know, he's okay. He was. He was pretty uh, rocky early, but uh, he was good. He's been good the last couple of times out. So maybe they're piecing together a bullpen here. Yeah. Tonight, uh, if Pineda gets out there, if they get to play the game, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced about him. But we'll see. Hey, well, give us a quick preview of Ricey on baseball. Uh, long conversation with Buster, really, really good. And uh, Manny and I kind of talk about how infield play has changed with all the shifts and how uh, the second baseman, uh, you know, range isn't a big deal for the second baseman and turning the double play isn't a big deal for the second baseman like it uh, used to be. We talk about some of that, too. And I also talk about how I was really uh, – in spring training, I was not uh, convinced about the middle of this infield or infield because uh, Polanco was, uh, I thought, kind of an ordinary shortstop, and I knew nothing about scope. But uh, they're uh, they're uh, looking pretty good in the middle of the infield right now, so we talk about that too. Awesome. All right, Pat. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. See you, Jets. Wrapping with Royce, who walks out of Avengers movies halfway well, through. Well, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that he didn't know a thing about it. I feel like you shouldn't see. I would go. Would you ever? See, if if there was a movie in a in a, there's a sequel or a movie no. in a series that's called no. Endgame. You got to see something else well, before Endgame were, before you see Endgame. And there were twenty of them previously. I ain't going to the last one. Yeah. I've only ever walked out really? of one movie, and I can't remember what movie it was because it wasn't that I didn't like it. I was under the influence and not in the right state of mind for whatever movie well, I was perhaps watching. That was uh, <clears throat> adult film. Never in a theater. That's weird to me. <laughs> really? No. Oh, old school. Mm-mm. Dog ad. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.